Howdy. Thanks for coming along. This is the Evening Chores Podcast, presented by Adobe Owl Ranch. We're located in the high desert of southeastern Arizona, and the goal of this podcast is to provide some insight and information regarding raising livestock and potentially gardening in the high desert environment we have here, the arid desert type environment, which doesn't get quite as dreadfully hot as, oh, say, Phoenix or the surface of the sun. I hope you enjoy it. Please listen in, subscribe, all that good stuff. Thank you. All right, welcome back, folks. I'm going to attempt to get back into the swing of doing these. Probably should have started off with a quick howdy, as that is my customary greeting. I'm standing out here. It's been, let's see, I think I released my last episode in June. And I actually have a couple I'm going to try to edit together from the summer. But boy, this has been a hectic summer. <clears throat> so, I've got a few new skills in my pocket from over the summer, and I've got a few stories to tell. I'm going to see if I can get some of the guys that helped me out uh, to come along and maybe come out or, you know, with all this new technology, I guess they don't have to come out here. We can probably record remotely, you know, all of 20, 25 miles away, but I think it'd be more fun if I can get them to come out, you know, maybe maybe sit by a fire or something and do something like that. You know, it's, it's now right at the very end of October. In fact, it's going to be November right away. And starting to get chilly. I'm standing out here in a sweatshirt and a vest and of course I am an Arizonan so it's it's chilly here which probably means it's in the low 60s I suppose. So I know that there are people up there you know I don't know Minnesotans, North Dakotans, uh, Idahoans, I don't know wherever I'm trying to think of what you call different states but y'all are probably laughing because you'd love to have these blazing hot temperatures up where you're at but down in here you know eight miles from the mexico border this is chilly and we do get you know we get single digit temperatures here a few times a year but not this time of the year anyway so i'm gonna I'm, it's dark i think that's part of what it is i have a hard time podcasting when it's light out it seems like so so i'm gonna try to to get back to it I got my trusty headlamp here on my sitting over my felt hat because it's that type of weather and I'm gonna try to just kind of do a recap of it's probably gonna take several episodes this may get a little repetitive because I have a hard time remembering what it is that I've talked about so I'm gonna attempt along the way to see what you know see if I can remember all the stuff that I've done over the summer and kind of put it into a, a few episodes here while I'm out feeding the animals and for animals let's see I, I think in June the last time that I podcasted you know the last episodes that showed up I probably had some Rhode Island red chicks and a few turkey poults that were 
oh, maybe a pound or two, maybe three or four, I don't know, but they were pretty small still. And, let's see, there's been a little bad news, I'm hoping to have some good news here, and I'm trying to think of all the things that I'll be able to work over the next few episodes here. Quite a bit of good news, actually. I've had a relatively successful, if very busy, and somewhat hectic summer, which I know everybody's had a hectic summer. There's all kinds of craziness going on in the world, but here in the desert southwest, I've tried to stay somewhat insulated from some of it, at least. I'd like to hear how the sound quality is, too. I've got it. My brother turned me on to these headphones that I'm using right now that I hope are doing a great job of, of assisting me in this recording effort. And I believe that they, let me do a little test here. Yeah, they're, no, that was me tapping right next to my ear. These are, let's see, what are they? Aftershocks, I think is the name of it. They're bone conducting headphones which work really great if you're an outdoor kind of person and if you are a um, like an equipment operator these are amazing because you can wear your earplugs and I don't get boy I wish I could get some uh, sponsorship but you know I see a good product and I think I would probably uh, put in a plug for folks who might have similar way of life but these bone conducting ear headphones actually work better when you are wearing uh, like a you know like the foam earplugs, like the green foam. Well, mine are green. I don't know everybody else. I got a box of earplugs in my shop that I use for all kinds of things. That actually makes these work better. So rather than having to turn them up <clears throat> when you put in your, you know, like some of us of a, I guess, a specific generation at one point or another, we uh, might have gotten a set of gun muffs and a set of wired earbuds or something like that. You know, you're trying to figure out how to make a seal. These, they sit in front of your ear and you put on a, put in a set of earplugs, go jump on a machine and you can still listen to things. Oh, like, say, this podcast at a reasonable volume while you're also protecting your hearing from from the noise of the machine. <clears throat> so, oh, bummer. That fence is dragging pretty low. I don't know what's going on there. If you remember, I've got... Well, let me finish talking about these headphones. So, the... They don't go in your ears, too, which to me is a bonus because sometimes you have, you know, you're walking around with a set of wireless in-ear headphones for six or eight hours. I feel like that probably isn't good for your ears, you know, it's changing the, I don't know, the pressure in there and there's more 
Well, it seems like there's more humidity. I don't know. And anyway, these don't do it. They just sit in front of the ears and somehow they transmit sound through the area in front of your ears. Seems like it works real good. So I'm out to get back to the more important topic at hand, I guess. I'm walking out here to feed my hogs and I promise I don't set this kind of stuff up. I noticed that there is a spot where my fence around this little boar that I've got, which I actually don't even know if he's any good, meaning I don't know if he's got any um, you know, if he's fertile or not. Um, but I come out and I see the, the fence is down, which means something's running over, basically, most likely. But he's gotten zapped a few times and he really doesn't like it, so. Which I've gotten zapped. Boy, I got. I knocked myself out on my fence the other day, so I feel it. I understand. But, <clears throat> point being, come out and see how the fence is doing. We got a pretty heavy coyote season. We had a good monsoon season this last year, so there's a awful lot of Boy, this is going to be exciting if I shock myself. Yeah, succeeded in not. So, anyway, came out, the fence was down, and I'm out here trying to push in some, another non-sponsor. Boy, you guys need to get on this. O'Brien's fence posts. Although, I'm having a hard time finding a dealer, so... Uh, I may be going to the Ken Cove brand here for too long. Maybe I'll talk to Ken Cove, see if they'll like to have a word from an actual farmer. Or I guess I should call myself a rancher since it's place is Adobe Owl Ranch as you'll remember. Anyway, so my fence is fixed. Wire's tight again. Yeah, I mean relatively so. It actually is a wire. You know, I didn't have any didn't have any poly when I was doing this part, so this actually is a wire fence. You know, the old electric wire comes on a roll. Anyway, <clears throat> fence is now back to normal. Need to bring another post out. Got some saggy spots. And Anyway, boy, this 
I got this little bore here that's being held in by this wire that you probably hear in the background there. E, well, I don't know, probably it was last spring sometime, I guess. Maybe actually, I guess it was maybe. No, I think it was fall before actually. You have to look at the records, I suppose, and see. But he showed up. He's kind of a runny little fella, and you know, which should never do. Don't do this. You know, I don't know. Find other people that need pigs or something, but you shouldn't be out doing charity work. But that's what I did. I thought, well, these these animals are going to have a terrible time, so I brought some of them home and get them out of the spot they're in. And boy, that boar, he really, really perked up. He got big old shoulders on him. And grew a fair amount too, so I'm hoping. Actually, I'm gonna. I'm hoping over the weekend that I can put the a couple of these girls in with him, and I guess vice versa. Actually, I'm gonna put them into a a common pen that doesn't belong to either one of them, and. Anyway, they're hoping that he gives some nice piglets in these half kind of Duroc cross, half guinea hog gilts that I've got. And I don't know, we'll see. We'll see if he's any good or not. He's got some nice shoulders on him. And he's about what I like kind of a boar. He's not, like he didn't come running over to see you, but he's also, I mean, he's the correct amount afraid of you, I'd say. You know, he just, it's not that he has a fear, but he just doesn't want to be right next to people. But he's also not skittish and and crazy like you know where he's running away he just keeps his you know about an arm's reach distance most of the time you can you can scratch him and things if he's eaten but the rest of the time he's just you know he'll come up to you but he doesn't run right up and I don't know try to like some some piglets come up and try to eat your boots and things I don't like that so He's better than that. About, like I said, about how I like him. And he's got some real nice looking shoulders. And I'm hoping that that all works out so I can get some good good piglets here. Uh, let's see, I'd have to do the math, but about the time that we come out of our normal cold spell, I think it, See, it's three, three months, three weeks, and three days. So, if he was to go in and actually do the deed on November 1st, December, February. So, of course, February is about 12 hours long. So, it'd be right at the end of February, actually. You'd 
and that's unlikely that he'll, of course, get any of the guilt spread right at the beginning of that period. It'll just be the luck of the draw, but more likely it'll be, you know, the beginning of beginning of March, halfway through March, something like that would be ideal, because that's when it is already getting warmed up. It's back to the temperatures where it is right now at night, and that is fine. It's also not super hot, as it would be in June here, and it's not super rainy, as it will be in July and August and possibly September if we get a good monsoon like we did this year. So, let's see, that's the update over there. I did lose my my guinea hog boar, which was sad, but I am going to say that he most likely died of a heart attack. You know, he always had some kind of a breathing issue, and I came out and fed him one night, and I saw him over there, and he was, you know, snoring away like he normally did, and then came out the next night, and he was in the, about the same exact spot in his normal position, just had passed on, so we gave him a good burial, and yeah, wish him all the best in the happy hunting grounds of the whatever arboreal forest he finds himself in on the other side, I guess. Lots of acorns, or I don't, I don't actually know what the best life for him would be, other than being here, because he seemed pretty content. But at any rate, that was that was too bad. So that's one of the downers. But on the upside, we've got a replacement over there, and hopefully he works out. And also, I was glad that it wasn't, you know, there's there's a multitude of ways that things can go badly, and he seemed like he shuffled off this mortal coil in a relatively peaceful manner, which was, which was good for me. It was unexpected, but seemed peaceful, so that was good, and I was, fa was thankful for that. In the, let's see, I don't remember, I think maybe toward the end of my previous podcast episodes, I was talking about different ways to store feed, because I was getting kind of sick of the feed bill, and we'd lost our feed mill that my local feed store was getting their feed from, which I, you know, I really like the people over there, Jim Feed, he's, uh, he's a great guy, it's a great family that owns it, and, but the, the feed mill that they got their feed from had burned down, and, which is a problem, I think I talked about this before, it's a common, it's far too common, because of all the dust and all that, so, I still go over there and get feed from over there and hay and stuff. In fact, I'm, I'm considering adding some livestock to the place. But for general feed purposes, I have transitioned up to Maidrite, which is a feed mill in Wilcox, Arizona. And Wilcox, if you're into 
little old western type stuff there's uh well look it up there's there's an actor or two from up there and and it's an, it's an interesting town you know it's a, kind of a wide spot in the road but i actually really like it up there and they're really welcoming folks it's nice it's becoming a, a wine culture area you know there's a lot of wineries up in that area and it's, it's getting to be a, a real nice little town of mixture of kind of artsy stuff without going over the top and a lot of i guess i guess guys like me so you know outdoor you know a lot of farming there's some there's an orchard up there and it's a lot of a lot of working class folks and that's you know i guess my preferred neighbors and surroundings and they have done me well with with getting my feet into these containers so i'm using my old utility trailer which has gotten a makeover got completely new decking and i got painted and i got some new tie downs and I was actually really happy with how it came out. I I did learn some new skills there. I'm going to be doing it again on some other stuff that I got. So I got a bright, nice... In fact, for all you guys that uh, know something about old farm equipment, I went into the local place and my daughter and I, with some assistance from my son, also uh, picked out a color to paint things around here and the consensus came out to be Oliver Green. So my trailer is now really pretty Oliver Green. And I'm not going with the full Oliver color. I don't remember even if Oliver is owned by, I think maybe it is owned by somebody, but they don't make them anymore. Old tractor company. And you see Oliver, I think Oliver had white wheels. If you remember right, people confused the colors with John Deere, you know, in the recent, more recent intervening half century I suppose but I don't think I'm going to go with the white wheels and my wheels do need to be painted but I'm I'm dithering but I believe they'll probably be a light Ford gray that's at least what I'm looking at for now because I'm kind of going off of the colors in the logo which you if you go over to Adobe Owl Ranch or facebook.com slash Adobe Owl Ranch you'd see the logo there and the deck boards were already kind of a brownish red, so I couldn't take that part. And I didn't want my trailer to look like Christmas either. So I'm thinking probably gray for that. I don't know. We'll see. And But anyway, I, I enjoyed learning, you know, a little bit how to paint. I'm no expert by any means, but the trailer was a flaky kind of rustyish black and I took it all down you know I got the sander out and I sanded it all down and knocked all the rust off and, and kind of smoothed some places up I beat the fenders out a little bit there were a couple of spots where I'd gotten into different things I think even before I got it but I definitely knocked one of the fenders in a bit on my own at the dump one day and adjusted a few things I moved the license plate where it wasn't hanging off or it was getting hung up on everything and put new light on it and, and for some of you you're thinking boy that doesn't sound like anything but with my schedule I was glad to be able to get to it so did that got some 
What is that? Visitor house. Wife's cat. So, got that on. Got the new tie-downs, which, boy, if you do much on a trailer, you realize that you can never have too many tie-downs. So I've got some nice big D-rings that are that I bolted on. <clears throat> and I really like the way that they turned out. It makes it a lot easier to hold things on. I'm probably going to add a couple of more, actually. New decking. And, boy, if you're, if you're looking at doing that, you know, I, I experimented with a few different drill bits. And I'll tell you that I came up with only one that was any good. And again, no no sponsorship, though I'd take it. Cleline, C-L-E-L-I-N-E. Got some, they're made here in the USA, and boy, they are some solid drill bits. They did really well. I, I used one drill bit to drill probably 150 holes in this trailer, and the only lubrication that I used was some, oh, what is it called, uh, PB Blaster, which isn't actually great for drilling, it doesn't seem like, but, and I wouldn't use it again, because it made, played havoc with my paint, but I got it cleaned up in the end, but anyway, it drilled all the holes, and and now if I was to finish everything up, I gotta re-gap my boards, because there's some that are, you know, they've already, I should have put a I put a 2x4 in the middle one. I should have put a 2x6. Two, two because so, I can't get wider boards than 2x6s down here. So it's, everything's going to be 2x6. And I forgot the shrink. How much boards shrink here. So I'm going to end up taking that off and reshuffling everything. But that'll probably be a project for next summer. Anyway, that drilled all those holes no problem. And... Yeah, I rerouted some wires so they weren't getting hung up on things. I had to put some new stuff together and found some things that didn't work. And But in the end, I did get the trailer all primed up. So I put some nice gray primer on it, which was how I learned to shoot paint. It didn't work very well. And then by the time I got around to shooting the gray paint, or the green paint onto the gray primer. No, came out okay. I, you know, I need a few more, um, a few more coats for sure wouldn't hurt, but for now, I'm going to be happy with what I got. I may pull the wheels off again next year and spray a couple more coats on top, and, but in the meantime, it's enough. I do have to mount my strap boxes back on, but I've got some video of it. I'm going to try to get put together for my, for the YouTube channel, and let's see, I've got a couple other options I'm looking at in place of YouTube, so keep an eye out for those and a near out, but in the meantime, that's where we're going to be putting some things at least. Huh. And... Let's see. Anyway, we got talking about that. I got to rambling about it because I was thinking about how I get my feed over here. Because right now I'm standing next to my trailer and I've got three intermediate bulk containers. 
containers, you know, IBC totes, whatever that comes out to. I think it's an intermediate bulk something or other. And let's see, I've got three of those, and I had two big blue t blue barrels and a big Rubbermaid trash can. And with all that, I made it all the way back with not quite, let's see, not quite a ton and a half of feed, which is enough for oh, a month and a half to here. And I'm feeding barley. So I've got straight barley. In fact, I'm going to move in the winter. I should have done it this time. I forgot, but I'm going to move to rolled barley for the winter. But in the summer, I like the whole barley because I actually do I get some seeding of the barley that, you know, hogs will not feed out anything. So, which I'm also I'm looking at fodder systems and things like that. But uh, for now, this is working really good. Getting the the board didn't hook down quite right. The the barley works really good. The pigs like it, but they don't scarf it quite the same as corn. It seems like there's less fighting, and I like it a whole lot better. I'm hoping. You know, I just like working with it a lot better. It's a little bit slicker. It comes out of things easier. And I'm hoping it's way better than dealing with the hog pellets. And I do, I supplement lysine. And I'm looking at getting a mixer grinder. I'm going to get my family back up Midwest to find one of those. But I'm looking at getting one of those for sure. And I'm looking at building a bulk trailer. After doing some work on this, I was looking at it, and I think I can build myself a, oh, a trailer with about a three and a half ton capacity. And when I get my other truck done, it won't have any problem pulling that over and back. And you know, if you get a, if I can get a good double axle, well braked trailer that was balanced pretty well maybe even on a gooseneck, wouldn't be a big deal to pull my grain back and forth that way. And it would be then in a rodent proof, this is very rodent resistant, but it would be in a rodent proof box or basically with a auger and all that, you know, if you get good tight fitting doors, it's pretty hard for the mice to get in, especially if it's up off of the ground. I like that. So, although I haven't had any problems, knock on wood, if you're the suspicious type, with rodents in my IBC totes yet, so I'm I'm pretty happy with that actually. It's a little tricky to get grain into that hole on the top, but probably a five-inch hole maybe, and but it's very doable if you have them loaded into the bags first so they're not not like 50 pound sacks they get a ton bag it's a ton poly tote that they can fill up with the mill it's got a little spout on the bottom and you can put the end of that spout into these holes and you can fill a tote actually almost full with that and it'll take 
I think with barley, I filled one better part of full, and I think it was eight, nine hundred pounds, something like that. And of course, it depends. It wasn't completely full. I don't, and my math might be a little off, but but that worked pretty good until I got home and had a real hard time getting them moved because all I've got the backhoe to move them off. So it didn't. I had a hard time getting them off my trailer, but so this time I, I made them a little bit lighter took more of them and but if I had a bolt container you know that was all metal I'd be able to just have a auger on the back and auger my feed wherever I wanted <clears throat> but because the way you get feed out of these after it starts running free which at first it just runs right out of the the hole at the bottom like liquid almost then you use a uh, like a earth auger, like you put in a drill to dig in your tulip bulbs or things like that. That works real good. It does take a little while, but probably, oh, you can fill a five-gallon bucket in a, a minute or so, so that's not not too bad if you don't have too many animals the way I do. You know, I don't have too much. That's not a problem. And big key is getting the I think an inch and three quarters auger works real good on the ones that I've got at least. It runs it right out. So that's how I've been transporting grain, and that's that's helped on the feed cost just a little bit, not a whole lot of course, because it does. I'm I'm buying barley from a town 80 miles away that brings it in on a train, so it's not free by any means. I mean, I pay in fuel a pretty good amount, but not a big deal. You know, it's still cheaper. And what am I talking about? I'm raising hogs in the desert, so it's going to cost something. So I think I'm going to cut off there uh, right now. But the in the meantime, or in the, the next time, I will get to... Let's see. My plucking machine that I built, and my turkey butchering that I just finished up on, well, I didn't actually finish it, but I finished up on the toms that I had, and they're in the freezer, and I'm sure glad that I had help with that, in fact, that's one of the guys that I'm going to try to get onto the podcast, I don't, I don't know if he listens, actually, but if he does, he'll, I don't know, you feel free to act surprised, at least, so, the turkey butchering is done. I'm working on getting up toward a hog butchering because it's that time of year and we're running low on pork. And supply chains are not great right now. And I could go through winter with a couple less hogs to feed as well. There's a cat fight going on over here. I'm going to go and put a stop to it. But... Anyway, that's that's what I'll talk about next time or the next couple episodes. And hopefully we'll get some good uh, good feedback. If you would go over to you know iTunes and all that and hit like and subscribe and wherever it is you get them. This is of course on anchor, but the 
point still stands, you know, wherever it is you get your podcast, please go over and invite people to listen to it. I'd appreciate it. And send me any ideas, any, you know, goods, bads. I'm, I'm good with anything. If you go to the website, adobealranch.com, there's a, there's a contact us form there. And you can send it there or... Yeah, there's, well, I'd like you to go over there. That's where the, all of the information is as far as how to contact me. Or, of course, you can go to anchor.fm, you know, to this episode's webpage. If you, you know, scroll down, you'll see that. And you can send me a message, actually, directly from Anchor. That way you can send me a, a voice message, actually, which is pretty cool. I tried it out. It works. And or you can you can send me a regular old boring text type message, you know. But I thought that the other kind was was cool. So if you got a question, you don't mind being read right here or being played right here, do that, and I'll figure out a way, hopefully, to get it moved over and and we can play it here and maybe answer it right on the air. Anyway, I'm gonna sign off and get back to finishing up. And figure out what my dog was just barking, but I'm gonna get back to finishing up these evening chores and thanks for listening and I'll be here later on so come back and listen to the next one too I appreciate it all right bye bye I hope you've enjoyed this episode I appreciate you listening all the way through like this and if you would please share it out you know you can go right to the website you can get the URL there if you're into the RSS sort of a thing or you can go to iTunes or Spotify, you know, Amazon podcast. There's all, it's all kinds of places. Oh, look at that. I just got caught a pig sleeping in the feeder. They're crazy animals. It's, it's a sleepy world here. Anyway, please go to those places, rate, subscribe, share. That helps the, the reach of the podcast. And, you know, it's nice on my end, I'll be honest, it's a little bit selfish for me, but it's, it's nice to know that I'm not just speaking into the abyss. Somebody's actually listening. So if you want to send a comment, actually if you want to send a comment that's more individualized, you can send it to eveningchores at gmail.com, and I'll get it that way. I appreciate you listening. Thanks, and good night.